Welcome to the Inside Sales Enablement Podcast. Where has the profession been? Where is it now? And where is it heading? What does it mean to you, your company, other functions, the market? Find out here. Join the founding father of the sales enablement profession, Scott Santucci, and trailblazer Brian Lambert as they take you behind the scenes of the birth of an industry. The Inside Sales Enablement Podcast starts now. I'm Scott Santucci. I'm Brian Lambert, and we are the Sales Enablement Insiders. Our podcast is for sales enablement leaders looking to elevate their function, expand their sphere of influence, and increase the span of control within their companies. Together, Brian and I have worked on over 100 different kinds of sales enabling initiatives as analysts, consultants, or practitioners. We've learned the hard way what works and what doesn't. On this podcast, we use a conversational format to help share the experiences that only people who've been there and done that can provide as we've been pushing the envelope in the profession for over a decade. And today on this show, we're gonna discuss if you wanna be clear what sales enablement is, stop trying to ask what the definition is and focus on the problem that you're trying to solve for your company. Scott, you usually start us out with a centering story. What do you have for us? So Brian, this one is just for you. Um, for those of our listeners earlier, we did a, a Chicken Hawk episode where we actually used some multimedia, and I've got a movie clip, another movie clip. You've been asking for it. Maybe the rest of the Insider Nation Woo! has been asking for it. Here it goes. Tell me the movie, tell me the scene, and tell me why it's relevant, okay, Brian? I'll try. <laughs> right, you have no idea what it is, right? Right. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, here's my bet, I guarantee you, you're going to love this clip, this clip. Uh, okay. Guarantee it. Ready? All right. We're trying to solve a problem here, but not like this. You're not, you're not even looking at the problem. You're very aware of the problem. I mean, okay, good. What's the problem? Look, Billy, we all understand what the problem is. We have to okay, replace. Okay, good. What's the problem? The problem is we have to replace three key players in our no, lineup. What's the problem? Same as center bit. We've got to replace these guys with what we have existing. No, what's the problem, Barry? We need 38 home runs, 120 RBIs, and 47 doubles to replace. The problem we're trying to solve is that there are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. It's an unfair game. And now we've been gutted. Organ donors for the rich. Boston's taking our kidneys. Yankees taking our heart. And you guys are sitting around talking the same old good body nonsense like we're selling jeans. Like we're looking for Fabio. Think differently. We are the last dog at the bowl. See what happens to the runt of the litter? He dies. Really, that's a very touching story and everything, but I think we're all very much aware of what we're facing here. You have a lot of experience and wisdom in this room. Now, you need to have a little bit of faith and let us do the job of replacing Giambi. Is there another first baseman like Giambi? No, not really. No. And if there was, could we afford him? No. Then what the f*** are you talking about, man? If we try to play like the Yankees in here, we will lose to the Yankees out there. Well, that sounds like fortune cookie wisdom to me, Billy. No, that's just logic. Who's Fabio? 
The short stuff. The short stuff. <laughs> Who's <right>. Fabio? <laughs> so what's the quote, Mr. Lambert? What's the problem? What's the effing problem? And that's Moneyball, the, the scout scene. I love that scene. I, I, I told you. I know my, <laughs> I know my podcast partner. So why, why do you think that this is relevant to our topic today about uh, focusing, making sure that in, if you want clarity about sales enablement and your, your department and your function, you got to first focus on what problem you're solving. Why, why do you think it's relevant? Much like the Oakland A's baseball team in that scene, the world has changed and applying legacy approaches using gut feel and applying what's worked in the past isn't going to work anymore today. I love it. So you're going to take over my job here as the, the, the setup guy. That's yeah. The, the what's perfect. in it for me. <laughs> the, the <laughs> what way, the heck are you talking about? Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, yeah. So what, is, what does this have to do with anything and, and everybody else? And you're exactly right. Uh, every business that we're in, where we have to face the reality and the reality is that we're in a digital economy and in a digital economy, every single one of our companies has a new business strategy that we're rolling out, which requires massive, massive, massive coordination between product marketing and sales. And uh, the way that I, I like to think about this is the people who are going to win in this new economy, in this new digital economy, they're the ones who are the digitellers. The losers are going to be the ones who are told. Who's a digiteller? Netflix is a digiteller. They have had a vision about how people are going to use mobile and streaming media and were able to convey that message to their customers. And they told Blockbuster and Blockbuster wasn't able to, uh, wasn't able to catch up or compete. And they went out of business. Lots of people are doing the digitelling more people are being the digi told. We don't want our listeners to be, we want our listeners to be the digi tellers, not the digi told. And that's really what we're here about is that we think that sales enablement can be a critical role to help companies do that, but it, uh, to manage that process. However, you got to make sure you're focusing on the right problem. Yeah. So that's really what we're talking about. Yeah. I love it. And you know, if we're going to be, Digitold, you know, we're sitting around the scout room table and we know these things to be true, Scott, that all salespeople are short attention span and you know, coin operated. So right. we know what problem to solve. You know, we need to give them more bite-sized chunks faster and flood them with as much information as possible, as fast as possible, so they'll be successful. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, uh, Brian, if that's your mindset, then you are on the Digitold heap. <laughs> That's yeah. just really what it comes down to. So let's let's break this down and what's driving this. So what's driving this is an observation that Brian made back at the Sales Enablement Summit. So Brian did this really cool exercise with the audience, and I want to make sure we don't lose it. So Brian, the exercise that I'm referring to was the one where uh, basically you got the insight between uh, individual contributors department oh, yeah. leaders or transformative. Could you, could you walk us through what that exercise was and what you were trying to accomplish with it? Right. Yeah. So um, during my talk, I asked, I said, uh, based on the, the discussions you just had, we, we had two minute discussions with partners there in the, in the uh, audience. 
you know, uh, how many of you are building things out? How many of you are running programs? And how, are, how many of you are leading a strategic function? 65% uh, or so were individual contributors building out as kind of solopreneurs, if you will. Uh, about 30% were running a department or, or a program uh, like new hire training. So they were the new hire training team or they were the playbook team. And they, they had a program and that's how their department was defined was, you know, th those are the folks that have, you know, the portal, the, the platform or the, or the playbook, et cetera. And about 5% were uh, leading a strategic function. And that's, that's the, the rundown. How does that jive, Scott, with uh, who you've been talking to, by the way? Well, so that jives. I have a, a slightly different lens, but it definitely fits, uh, fits yours. I think, the, um, I think there's a lot of room in the middle in that middle definition. But what I have seen from uh, my experience in the Sales and Aimless Society and participation at the, at the conference board uh, I, I basically see that the overwhelming majority of current sales enablement practitioners are sole individual contributors, mm -hmm. no doubt. And most of those are new to that role. However, what's interesting and what, what prompted this segmentation discussion was uh, there, there has been a lot of um, a lot of people talking about different definitions. So, uh, a, as we did in our last podcast, episode number twenty, we talked about our position and why the, the why the de what what was the rationale behind the definition of sales enablement that I published and Brian peer reviewed and uh, other other people contributed to why we wrote that lengthy of a, de of a definition and what was it for. And it's really the purpose was to provide a platform for a role. And what's been interesting is we're hearing a lot, maybe it's because we're doing a podcast and we're targeting a, a, a more of a, a strategic view uh, of sales enable. And I don't know what the reason is, but both Brian and I are getting a lot of people talking to us about how valuable that old definition was. And we think it's kind of interesting that the, Forrester had the first definition of it, and they have since published another new definition, and now they also have the serious, serious decisions definition of what sales enablement is. So um, we have lots and lots and lots and lots of definitions. What we're here is to not really debate the definitions. We're here to help provide you clarity. So we wanted to, we want to talk about uh, what those problems are. But the connecting point, and I want to see if you see this too, Brian. The connecting point was the people who resonate very positively with the definition that we published all fit either into the transformative or department level category. Yeah. And the people who are in the individual contributor role do not like it a lot. <laughs> so is, <laughs> is that jive with, uh, with, with your experience? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I've heard everything from that definition is too long and, and, uh, you know, you can't achieve the definition that you're talking about where it's a strategic ongoing uh, function until the, those executives inf invest more. And, those executives. Yeah. And I think, um, interestingly, I'm cracking open my email because today, about four hours ago, it says, uh, hey, Brian, um, this is an email from somebody that's listened to the podcast that just dropped yesterday. So less than 24 hours later, 
hey, Brian, I listened to the podcast on the Securities Act and a foundation to elevate the profession. And it really got me thinking about my approach to sales enablement and where I currently am now and how I, I should tackle sales enablement if I get a new role. So she's thinking about a new role and she's actually interviewing. And I really wanted to talk to you things. I, I want a fresh start. And given that there's a merger and a reinvention in my current company to be successful, it may be too late to do that here, but I would love your thoughts on if I move. So in other words, this I believe if I read between the lines, that podcast kind of struck a chord with, you know, the ship is set sail a little bit where she's currently at, but boy, wouldn't it be cool to apply that in her future organization? And I, I didn't share that with you before, Scott, but I think that's relevant to the conversation. You have two ways to approach it. Oh, that converse, that, that uh, definition that, that Brian and Scott are talking about, it's too long. <laughs> or, uh, holy crap, uh, I, I can really think about it as a, a strategic uh, ex execution uh, function that executes the, the business strategy, and, and I, can, I can set it up that way if I lead. So first of all, number one, I really appreciate that because you threw me, uh, threw me a surprise. So one of the things that we're trying to do in the podcast I'm going to get you the next one that we record, uh -oh. uh, <laughs> but, but we, we try to throw each other uh, some things that we're not, uh, we're not anticipating. So that was, that was fantastic. And I think you're right. I think that the purpose of what we want to get into right now is let's, let's be realistic here. No matter what definition you use, first of all, there isn't consensus within the market that there's a common definition. You agree with that, Brian? I agree. Yeah. So if there is no common definition, using other people's definitions as the be with all in with all is a fool's errand. That's yeah. just, just come, come to the, that point right now. Okay. So then what does that mean? What it means is that you as an, in, as a sales enablement professional have to own what the definition is inside your company. Yeah. So let's like talk it. about strategies that way. Yeah, I like it. So in other words, let's stop worrying about the, the, the 14 definitions or however many there are. I don't even know. I just made that up. And let whatever one you pick, um, the importance of that and the language you use and how you approach your role and your function and then how that might, you know, show that might enact inside your own organization. That's a great idea. Yeah, I think I got some stories we can I can tell there too. We that's great. Um, so let's, let's give people a framework to follow first, right? So the the first point is no matter what definition you have, and no matter what, what even if it's you know published, you know desk of God, uh, people are still going to disagree with it because you put the word sales and enablement together, and very few people are going to agree. So the the issue that is pick a definition that you like that matches to your vision but then you have to socialize it. And the first thing that you have to be able to socialize shouldn't be, hey, here's the role. You should make sure you socialize, hey, do we agree on a problem? Mm, yeah. And the reason that that's so important is that most sales enablement roles start as VPs of broken things. You, you, inherit, uh, you inherit a mess. And in order to articulate those things, not everybody, there are so many different little messes around that, are, that exist all over the organization, you'd probably wanna be able to organize a bunch of them. So depending on how you frame the business problem that you're trying to solve, 
is going to attract the altitude level, you know, that, that people pay attention to it. It's going to determine who your executive sponsor is. It's going to determine what budget you're going to get. It's going to determine how, how much teeth you can ask for and compliance. And it's going to, it's going to set the tone of whether you are viewed as a strategic function or a tactical one. So in order to do that, we're going to concentrate on that first step, which is a problem. And everybody can say, oh, here's a problem. But inside a company, there's a big difference between what you see as a problem, what other people see as a problem, and also, are you really treating a symptom of a much larger problem? So yeah, we're going to I talk like through that. problem solving. Yeah, I like that a lot because um, much like a ship that, that leaves the, the port and sets sail, you know, if it's one or two degrees off from that initial launch, you could miss a whole country, right? And I think that's what's coming to my mind, Scott, is depending on how you think about your role or define it and come out of, uh, you know, the gate with it and how you think about uh, framing it out uh, could determine where you end up. And that's logical, right? So if you ended up somewhere you didn't intend or perhaps didn't end up where you wanted to be, it's, it's, it might be because you started off with the wrong trajectory, yes. which is the importance of a definition from the concept of what problem you're going to solve. And, and also what North Star, what's our North Star? Yeah. Or how do we set our bearings? So here's, here's a scenario. I'm going to give a, a scenario to start off with that I hear from a lot of our listeners. So a lot of our listeners who go and are looking for jobs tell me that Number one, first, the job descriptions that they run into are all over the place. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is that when they go and interview for those jobs, often I'm told, well, they don't know what sales enablement is. Mm -hmm. So what's your take on, uh, on those observations? So first, first take, is that a common <laughs> situation? And then oh, yeah. It's, it's funny because I'm laughing because that's exactly where I wanted to go was job descriptions and how people are hiring. So I think we're having a mind meld or something. That's why I'm yeah. laughing. But yeah, the um, so yeah, t totally. And, and actually, I, I, I reviewed about 50 of them. I found uh, about, about 10 of them were copy and pasted across uh, four different industries. Uh, so that's, uh, that's interesting too, uh, to think about is, uh, hey, I like this. This definition sounds cool. So let me copy and paste it. And there, there you go. That's who we're hiring for. So I, I totally agree. And one of the things that popped into my mind is, you know, in that interview process, um, that might be a good time to actually educate folks and have this definitional conversation. Well, so, so yeah. So Why I think are you hiring in this role? There's two parts, right? Let, let's start first with the job description itself. So for our listeners, if you're looking at a job description, uh, we tend to think of these things as ironclad, but let me give you more insight about where they come up, where they come from. Job descriptions also need a body of evidence and a foundation to work from. If we accept that there's no common definition of sales enablement, then these job descriptions are either being written by consultants or by human resource analysts who are interviewing sales leaders or whomever is, is paying for the role. Or doing so market research. Exactly. Yeah. So, so let me give you an example. An example of that is when uh, I, I was still uh, – uh, running the, the Sales Enablement Society, this topic kept came, came coming up. So I said, hey, let's take one of these job descriptions. Let's call the company. Why would we call the company? Well, let's call the company and see if we can figure out what the origin of this job is. Why would we do that? I don't know. Why wouldn't we do it? Let's just figure it out. So called them up. 
got the head of human resources. They were excited. They were thought going to be a recruiter. I said, well, where's the origin of this role? Because they had a lot of language in the job description, Brian, about uh, Six Sigma lean, you know, expertise. And, you know, they were curious at how come they weren't getting a lot of applicants. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, where did you get the Six Sigma lean in, in, in here from? Because it was underneath the banner, right? It was an example, like a, a detailed bullet underneath the example of operational efficiency. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I got that from interviewing the head, the head of sales, the VP of sales. Oh, okay. Do you mind if I talk to him? Why would you do that? I don't know. I'm just curious about, you know, did he use uh, Six Sigma here as a hard actual requirement? Or was he using it as a representative example? And the human resource person was, I don't know. That's why I want to ask. So I asked the, the head of sales. And he said, I don't know. I just put a whole bunch of keywords in here of, of things that I think I think I need, but I'm really looking for somebody that can solve these problems for me. Mm. And I said, well, let's talk about what these problems are. Maybe we can recraft what this job description looks like. And it's very easy if we just start asking some why questions. So that's a common scenario is what is the source of these job descriptions? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And, and there's, there's that aspect, and then there's the aspect of, you know, the expectation, right? So what did you find when you asked why? Um, what were some of the things that he said he was looking for? Do you remember? Well, I do. So really what it was was he was delighted that I was asking why to, be our, to begin with. Yeah. Delighted. And he said, more or less, I know something's wrong with our overall performance, but can't really pinpoint it. So he was using a lot of specificity just to see if he could attract conversations. So I said, you know, what do you know about the signaling? He said, well, I just, I've heard about it, but I heard it was a, it's a process for operational efficiency and I definitely want to have better productivity. I said, I got it. So basically you're looking for somebody who's going to look at the numbers and also to to be analytical and also uh, practical. It's like, yes, exactly. So, well, if you put a spec in here about six sigma lean, you're going to get people with uber, uber, uber degree of, uh, of, of precision. Oh, I don't want that. Well, you're using this as a representative example. You can see how people would misinterpret that. Right. So, yeah, so these, these are, this, 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 this role becomes too difficult without any framing. So it's like, eh, why don't I just hire some trainers then? I said, oh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. And I, I know somebody who's gone through five or six interviews and, and uh, the same thing played out. And um, early interview screeners, right, if you, if you look at the interview process, they don't like that question. Oh, why do you want to ask me that? I'm trying to figure out if you're qualified to do what the bullets say. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting uh, discussion. And I think for our listeners, it's important to plant those seeds. Um, but, you know, you may have to go through the hoops to get to the hiring manager, but have that discussion at the hiring manager because it's going to go back to what's the expectation is the expectation that you're an individual contributor is the expectation that you're going to take over one of the programs and run it or the services and run it or are you going to be building out and part with him and her him or her on the strategic functional aspect of you know the go, go to market um, right. and those are important distinctions that may not show up uh, in, in the job description that, that would in a conversation so let's shift now to the people that are in the roles today. Uh, so one of the key um, buzzwords that we're, both Brian and I are seeing everywhere 
is sales onboarding. Onboard, yeah. onboard, onboard, onboard. Brian, what's the problem for onboarding? Uh, well, what problem are we trying to solve with onboarding? Well, yeah, I, I, that's, there's just a lot of stuff about onboarding. <laughs> I'm asking it purposely oh. open-ended. Well, now I want to ask you questions to hear, zero in on it. Maybe that's the point of asking it like that instead of jumping to, well, here's my plan and here's how I would do it. And, you know, here's how I would show up. And, you know, it's really important to have uh, facilitators that have these certain skills, you know, yes. head down that path. That, that probably wouldn't be very prudent in, a, in an ambiguous role in a, in a shifting economy and a shifting, you know, business strategy view of your digital versus digital, um, jumping down a path. Uh, where, where everybody um, might uh, actually agree, but uh, as far as, you know, a, a knee-jerk reaction, they wouldn't fight it, but might not be what they really, really want. Yeah. You know? So the reason I pick on onboarding is I, I want to tell you a conversation that I had uh, with um, actually three uh, uh, operating partners at private equity firms. And all of them have talked to me about um, – best practices in sales enablement and you know, how, how do you do onboarding better? And I said, well, what, what is the business problem you're looking to solve? Let's start there. Well, we need to see a faster time to value. What do you mean by time to value? Well, what, what, what we mean is that there are investments that are made in, our, in, in the sales force and we want them producing more quickly. What does production look like? Well, well, that's a good question. We don't really have a standard definition of, of what production looks like. We expect our portfolio companies, the heads of sales, et cetera, to know that. Okay, so basically what I gather is what you want is to accelerate or collapse the, the, the time it takes to be productive, whether it be a new hire or whether it be to, a, to the change of a rep as, as you're uh, rolling out a new sales site, sales um, sales training program, or you're trying to roll out a cross-selling initiative. Yes, absolutely. How are, how do you find your portfolio companies responding to that? It's really challenging. We're, we are resisting the urge and actually we, we find that we need to be a lot more prescriptive about exactly what we want. So we define representative examples like onboarding for new hires. And here's a kit of what it should look like. So you're saying that kit, you don't want to implement it exactly. You're saying this is what's in our mind's eye about what we, what we think should be included, but that you're open for somebody who has expertise to make it better. Absolutely, you're right. Gotcha. How is it executed in your portfolio companies? Oh, they just execute to the letter, and it's very frustrating for us because they lose focus on what the real goal is, which is time to value. So here's an example of in a conversation about figuring out what the real problem is. The problem is not we need to roll out a training program by Thursday. The real problem is how do we make investments so that we accelerate the time to value from all of our reps to actually being performers. So there's a big difference between the scope of what yeah. those things look at and what the project looks like. And it might sound like semantics, but in terms of context, it's completely different. I think that that's why, that's why we like that, that games, you know, go, go talk to folks, you know, at the, at the conferences, at the sales and enablement society meetings, even your peers, you know, say uh, I'm in sales enablement. 
you know, wh what do we mean by sales here? And uh, what do we mean by enablement? You know, that, that, that can get to what the expectation is and what people think uh, you should be doing, but it also gives you an opportunity to perhaps reframe, which is important. And, and just to recap, you know, the world of work is changing. Uh, it's a convoluted space. It's ambiguous. And, and there's opportunity in that. Uh, folks are trying to make sense of the world around them from recruiting to even, you know, portfolio private equity funds and companies. And, you know, they're giving it a shot. Uh, you can either take that as a mandate, a directive, or you can have a conversation to make sure that you're on the same page and that you have the same, you know, vision and alignment and asking questions around what problem are we trying to solve and why, where did this role come from and, and what do you mean by, you know, onboarding? These, these should not be lightning rods to get you fired. And, and no, nobody's going to die if you ask those questions. And, and, and I think many of our, my, our listeners may be a little bit afraid to ask those because it's just a given that everybody knows what those answers are. But, you know, Scott and I are here to tell you that it's not a given. And it's because of the times that we're in. There's multiple definitions of the same word. For example, value or platform or cloud. Or customer. So have those conversations. Is that a good recap, Scott, of where we're at here in the podcast? Yeah, I think that's a great recap. And I, I would I would say that, you know, to add to what your point was, if there is not consensus around a definition of sales enablement, it's your job to create that clarity. The way that you create that clarity is to help people agree on what the problems are and to prioritize them. You should have ideas. You should not be the one that says, these are the problems and here's how you prioritize them. You should let your executive sponsors do that. That way you get, uh, you get buy-in and the permission to be able to tackle those things. So to, so to be a really, really clear on this, step number one, is pick a problem. Uh, step number two is really challenge yourself. The problem that you are addressing, is it really in fact a problem? Is it a problem that you see? Or is in fact it really just a symptom of a bigger problem? How do you find that out? Then the second thing too is once you get clarity, you can have a, a clear conversation around what that problem is. Find out who agrees that it's a problem. Because if you don't have consensus that that is the problem that you are addressing and therefore what your role uh, exists to do, you're gonna have a mighty difficult time managing tons of people's expectations and you're gonna go running back to air cover for your boss to protect you all the time. And that's gonna get unbelievably exhausting both for you and, and your boss. Yeah, well, I feel like, so I love those, I love those steps and I, I wanna, I want to breathe some life into this. Can, we, can I toss a scenario your way? Of course. A situation? Let's, let's say that there's a new sales enablement leader who's been in role for 120 days and their sales leader comes to him and says, listen, you know, the QBRs are coming up. We need to make sure that those are flawlessly executed. Is everybody lined up and is everybody ready? And uh, you need to make sure that uh, we have a full agenda and uh, we're, we need to make sure we document what everybody's action items are. So what's what the definition the, of sales enablement there? <laughs> well, um, what I would say is that uh, 
what's happened is that that particular individual hasn't defined the scope of, of the role. And basically what happened is probably the head of sales went to the sales operations person. Sales operations person said, I'm too busy doing X, Y, and Z. Well, guess what? You've gotten spillover administrative duty, duties. So that individual, the business problem that they've got is that they are, at, you know, frankly, they're at, at extra capacity to be able to handle overload administrative duties that this head of sales ops couldn't get to. Yeah. And that's a, that's a real scenario, by the way. It's common. This is why the, like the title, the title, the title is sales enablement. Right. Sales enablement heads a, heads of broken things. You yeah. have that title. Uh, why do you get the, why do you get your inbox filled up? One, most sales enablement leaders tend to be very eager. Okay. I'll help. I'll help. Um, and two, the other challenge is that um, as they as they do that, they don't have any scope. So I, as the head of sales, don't know that I'm cutting into other plans or other thoughts that you're working on or whatever master master strategy, because you haven't given me a vision of what you're building to. So I'm going to say I guess that you are my um, my resource to unclog things. And I want to make sure that I unclog these things with the QBRs. And if I have some discipline about how we do it, then I'm going to have um, a good inventory of records and I'm going to be able to problem solve that way. I don't think of you, Brian, as, as the de facto person, as somebody help problem solve with me. You've just reconfirmed for me that you are my administrative assistant. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to treat you that way. Yeah. Well, here's another situation. Okay. Pur purposely on the, well, I'll let you judge. So uh, um, uh, I was going to say on the other end of the spectrum, but that, that leads the witness a little bit, which is what I just did. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, well, so, hey, you know, we're changing our go-to-market. We're evolving our platform. We bought three companies. We're stuck on messaging. Our board wants to know what the plan is. Well, what I do is those are all a collection of symptoms we need to first organize those into a common problem. So what are these, what are these events? Uh, these, um, I, I guess what I would do is I call them uh, complexity factors. We have multiple complexity factors. One is the business is changing its business strategy, so we have to change our go-to-market. Two is we're moving from um, an old model into a platform, selling a platform, which also is hard. We've also, we're also integrating three different companies. Um, the reaction would be, well, shouldn't we break those down into different initiatives? But unfortunately, in order to execute a platform sale, we have to communicate to customers holistically. So therefore, somebody must be responsible for it. And in the organization today, if you would do an organizational race analysis, this touches every function. It touches product. It touches finance, it definitely touches sales, it touches marketing, and it touches human resources. But no one group owns it. It's a pure cross-functional problem. So therefore, because no one owns it, because this is a problem with many tentacles and we must simplify it, the business problem that sales enablement must address is exactly that. We must simplify the complexity so that we make it easier for our customers to buy and our sellers to sell. That's Great. the business problem. I like it. So there's two examples. So let me 
uh, close this out a little bit here. Um, I'm going to just br briefly recap, and then Scott, if you have any final final words, uh, and then you can take us out. But let me recap what I think we did on this call, right? So first, what we did was we talked about creating a definition that aligns to your vision and your overall remit, and also enrolling leadership in that and having those conversations, those, those why conversations, to ensure that you can have an influential voice in how you're perceived and how you're, quite frankly, um, resourced, for example. So there's, there's implications to that. Two, this idea of making sure that you understand the difference between reacting to symptoms versus problems and uh, thinking more um, deeply about perhaps root causes that might be tackled in an ongoing way, for example, versus just reacting to um, a symptom. Um, three, you know, borrowing from our stakeholder management push that we've had on the podcast, I believe we've also highlighted here that the need for uh, top-down alignment and the need to communicate. I mean, we haven't talked about it specifically, but to do something like this, where it's saying, make sure you have alignment, make sure you mm -hmm. enroll others, there's a huge stakeholder management implication to making sure that others agree with your definition. So don't create it in your own head. Don't create it on your own computer. Others must also agree with it, I would say. What do you, what do you think about those, those three key actions for those listening? I think they're spot on. I think any practitioner who doesn't want to be an individual contributor and wants to get out of the in, inbox mailbox must listen to all of the episodes that we had around stakeholder management. Uh, this is uh, both simple and complex at the same time. You need to, you need to do your work and, and, and get prepared for it. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Scott. And thanks so much for uh, those of you chiming in, you know, to have the real, time feedback on these episodes is great. So keep that coming. As you, as you can hear, we're using that on these podcasts. So, you know, this is about you as part of the Insider Nation uh, and, and your success uh, more than it is about what Scott and I think. Obviously our point of view comes from years of experience and, uh, but obviously part of that experience comes from engaging with folks like you. So through these conversations, we really appreciate that. Keep us on our toes, challenge us, and uh, you know, obviously put out the, uh, the word to others to have them listen to the podcast, and let's get our community bigger. If you're at the Sales Enablement Society meeting in a couple of weeks, we'll see you there, and we're actually going to be podcasting right on the spot, so perhaps you can make it on our show too. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. To become an insider and amplify your journey, make sure you've subscribed to our show. If you have an idea for what Scott and Brian can cover in a future podcast or have a story to share, please email them at engage at insidese.com. You can also connect with them online by going to insidese.com, following them on Twitter, or sending them a LinkedIn request.